What's up, everyone? We are live with culture right now. I'm watching in of all elite wrestling beach break. Orange Cassidy is grasping Adam Cole love it in a loving embrace. And now it's just sending him through the floor. We're going to be talking about wrestling tonight, folks. And that's the... Uh, it looks like it. And Bryce with the count. Orange Cassidy Wednesday. I hope I'm not spoiling it for people on the West Coast. I'm so sorry if I'm spoiling it for people on the West Coast. Uh, I don't know if it's airing live there. Hopefully it's airing live there. Thank you all for joining us on Culture. This is a call-in show. It's your show. You can talk to me about what you want. Anything you want at all. Call in. But we're talking wrestling tonight because we have a special wrestling guest. So we're going to focus a little bit more on wrestling. If you want to call in about something else, you can. But if you want to call in about wrestling, you really, really can. You really, really can. We have a special guest tonight. And whenever they are ready, they can unmute themselves. Lachlan. If you're there, if you're ready. Did I do it? Oh, my yes, God. Oh, my here. God. Hello. How's it going? Oh, it's I, magnificent. Um, I I missed all of AEW because of work stuff. So I, I don't know anything that happened. You get 100% live reaction for me tonight, baby. Well, I know you were probably on the edge of your seat wanting to know <laughs> who would win between Orange Cassidy and Adam Cole. A match that had so, such huge stage. I mean, you, were, you had it's, it, it's, it was taking place in Cleveland in the winter, but it's called the Beach Break. I don't quite understand the point, but there was a segment at Cleveland Beach. Team Taz, uh, Ricky Starks, and Hobbs were out there with yes. Tony Schiavone in the freezing cold for some reason on <laughs> Cleveland Beach. Have you ever been to Cleveland? I I drove through. I've been in Ohio once, and it was driving through Ohio to move from D.C. to Chicago. Okay, good move. Just. Passing through, just passing yeah. through. It's probably a good look. No, no disrespect to Ohio. No disrespect to. It was Ohio. a state. It was a state. There was grass, and it was a state. Yeah, yeah it was fine. but I, I have spent a little bit of time in Ohio, in Cleveland, in particular. I really, really did enjoy going to see an AIW show, but that's about. It. <laughs> that's all I can say for the good parts of Cleveland, and they they ate Cleveland up. Uh, tonight on the show, lots and lots of uh, cheap heat on Cleveland. Uh, Britt Baker, yeah, Britt Baker did a whole fucking NFL promo <laughs> on the uh, on the Browns quarterback Baker. Um, was uh, Baker Mayfield? She says, "I've won nine. I've got nine straight victories. He had nine sacks. It was pretty good. Um, it was pretty good promo, but there was no like." Like baby face that came out and saved the day for Cleveland. <laughs> she just talked shit no. about him and left. <laughs> nice. No, that's brilliant. The one thing um I have seen blowing up in the last couple of minutes is Danhausen's appearance, which is fantastic. Good for what? him. What? I missed it. I missed good it. For you him. Know, I had to walk the dog a couple of times. But Danhausen, that's great. I, it's good for him. Nice yeah. to see a lot of uh him uh, land on his feet after the untimely demise, maybe. 
of ROH, but nice to see yeah. him in I, AEW. Yes, yes, yeah. So a great unexpected. I, I that's what I have, that's my my comment. Good for him. Good for him. Good for him. So, uh, Lachlan, in general, before we've already started the show, but why don't you tell people who you are, what you do in wrestling? Oh, my God. Um, my my wrestling history is pretty weird. I'm going to sum it up as, as quickly as, as possible. But it's been a really strange three years. Um, so I, I got into wrestling from... I think that the first wrestling match I ever watched in earnest, I don't remember who it was against, but it was Sasha Banks. And I was watching it with my ex who was really into wrestling. And he was like, oh, Sasha Banks has a Tumblr. And for some reason, Sasha Banks having a Tumblr, like, endeared me to the whole thing entirely. So (laughs) thank you, Sasha. And thank you, Tumblr. Um, And I, I just became kind of obsessed after that and uh i started i started going to indie shows in virginia at nova pro wrestling r.i.p in pieces um and i i jumped in right away um i really like being in the center of attention which is not a surprise to a lot of people who know me so i started ring announcing with nova pro which went under for all kinds of nefarious reasons which you know common theme in wrestling right yes obviously <laughs> and from the ashes of nova pro rose my former company that i co-founded uh primetime pro wrestling which was the first wrestling company to run in washington dc that was not the wwe in uh in decades at that point so we we had a pretty good run until we went under for nefarious reasons uh <laughs> just constant scandal and uh yeah, at this point, I'm a I'm a gun for hire in the indie wrestling world. Um, I I love running shows at breweries and distilleries and places of that nature because I am in the booze world. But uh, currently, I consult for Fight Club, pro wrestling based out of Washington D.C. Big show kind of coming up on February 20th at D.C. Brow, and for a pro wrestling vibe, which was born out of primetime pro between uh me and billy dixon wow i had no idea your uh, uh your uh viewing of wrestling was such a short period of time <laughs> i thought you were a lot no no sure. oh my god so wh- how did you actually get into indie wrestling then or maybe that might be a silly question because maybe three years ago the scene was such that you know if you see wrestling on tv like you don't see a barrier between seeing indie wrestling that wasn't always the case like some like most people who you know get got into wrestling only got into wwe but how'd you get do you is was there a reason specifically you got into indie wrestling at that time i just i wanted to see it live you know um i'd been to i'd been to smackdown in dc at that point but like Man, unless it's a pay-per-view, going to televised wrestling in person, if you're not, like, up in the action on the apron front row, um, it's fine, right? It's an an experience. And so that had been my exposure to that point. But I was like, man, I don't know. I have a car. Northern Virginia is not that far. Uh, Why not start going to these shows that we're running out of the, uh, like – the Annandale fire department and one of the JCCs in Northern (laughs) Virginia, like these totally random locations. Right. Um, 
I wanted to just be really close to the action. And after after the first show I went to, that was that was it. I just bought in completely. Like Oh, that's such good shit. I remember oh, yeah. my my friend my best friend in high school, we watched Raw, WCW, all that good shit. We would go to shows together. He would even watch like ECW. He would like turn down his nose, like prime <laughs> ECW. So no way would he got would he have gotten into like indie wrestling. Uh, Man, that's so fucking cool. Yeah, no, I mean, I I like for most of my time when I was living in Washington D.C., um, I worked at DC Nine, which is an indie nightclub, right? So this like seeing really cool big action on a really small scale was already like a form of entertainment I was really predisposed to. Right. That's why I think so many that's, I mean, that's why I think like professional wrestling on the indie scale has been so successful in Washington, DC. Cause like, I don't know, it's a real freak show city. Right. <laughs> and and the people who are looking to get a rush from something are usually pretty fucking weird and over the top. And uh, yeah, for a lot of shows in, in DC, it's it's people's first time being exposed to this kind of thing, right? So it's it's a it's a fucking treat. It really is. Like it's such a weird hodgepodge of people who who go into that room in that area. So it's so interesting. Yeah. Well, you used to, if you said the rest the fat people at an indie show were weird 10 15 years ago that would mean a completely different thing than now it's <laughs> always like like you got to build like youth culture and you know young people there used to be just like lots of just people holding on to nostalgia sadly yeah. um, it's, it's, it feels like there's so much life and so much uh vibrant stuff and new things happening so that's why one topic I want to talk to you with today something that just would not has not happened in professional wrestling before. Has people have never talked about this thing that happened before? It was something that excited me a lot, but like a lot of people felt a bit of an unease about it for you know some obvious reasons. But the pro wrestling Eve show, women Ooh. behaving badly, March Ooh, 4th, rubbing my hands together, twenty twenty two International Women's Day celebration, but front and center on the poster uh, is not a woman. It is Max D Impaler, a non-binary uh, wrestler who is yeah. not uh, not a woman now. You know, some people were immediately kind of upset by this because I, 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 I obviously Eve's intent is not to misgender uh, Max, from what I understand, from what oh. everything I know. Oh, I'm gonna, not. I'm gonna shoot on this. Oh, okay, okay. Well, if <laughs> yeah. you want to shoot on this, feel free. <laughs> but from what I understand, it, that was not the intent. But please, if you want to jump in, please go ahead. Absolutely. Um. So. There's a there's a lot of context that I think is missing from this dialogue. Um, I'm I, I'm gonna get to my thesis hot take first, just because I think it's important to mention. I'm incredibly fucking happy for Max. Um, the joke that that because I'm a transmasculine person as well, because uh, Max did come out as not just non-binary, but heading in a transmasculine direction. And you know, the joke that I made was like. So every transmasculine person who went to a seven sisters school wants to have a word with anybody who's pissed off about this poster, right? Um, there is a 
long and problematic and sometimes not problematic and incredibly nuanced history of AFAB trans people, which is a binary I hate fucking making, but, you know, for the purposes of the argument, I I feel like it's kind of relevant. Um, being present in spaces that are typically for for women. So I'm really fucking happy for Max, especially because Pro Wrestling Eve is based in the UK. What is you the UK? Like they are growing turf. (laughs) They're just like growing turfs like daisies there, right? So it just like it feels really fucking good to see that. Um in a really weird way. But it obviously also illustrates a, a point of being like well, words have meanings, right? So what the fuck are we doing here? Um, so some background that I think is important. Um, so, man, I, I, I feel like I was part of you know, I was part of it. I can't even act like I wasn't. Um, Pro Wrestling Eve got in some hot water on Twitter a couple of years ago for, I'm not sure if ownership is current or former, but... Um, at it least was the Booker. women's only show. Yeah, there was a women's only show, and the the person running the whole shebang like <laughs> said some egregiously transphobic stuff, like really transphobic stuff against a uh, transgender woman, all under the <laughs> very British guise of being like, "Oh, we want to protect AFAB women who have been harmed by men. You know, we don't want to traumatize anybody. And I don't, you know, I don't really have to elaborate on exactly what was said there. Um, but it was all in line with with gatekeeping trans women and maybe non-binary people out of that kind of space. And it was it was just it was handled really, really badly. Um, there's always going to be scandal in pro wrestling, especially if you're trying to carve out a corner in the more progressively minded wrestling world, right? Because a lot of us are really fucking gun shy. (laughs) You have to be prepared for that. Um, And as an outsider who's not involved with the company, but who had some pretty strong opinions about it, it just looked so mishandled. You know, just like there were so many statements that were so poorly made that could have been salvaged by like thinking for two seconds and not just tweeting through it. But um, yeah, so like that, that's the larger context. Like they have a history of past transphobia. I cannot speak to what's happening currently past transphobia and just tweeting through it. And so I do wonder how much of this is a bad taste left in people's mouths, but I don't know what, what do you think? (laughs) So I, I want I think besides the specifics of Eve, I think this is something that's just inevitable that would happen and just be an issue because obviously um, just because of the realities of professional wrestling, you have men's wrestling and you have women's wrestling and women's wrestling's companies that does not, but that way we use that term is not necessarily like gender and wrestling is very strange. You can be, one gender as a person in your prof- in your personal life, mm-hmm. but the character you play may be a different gender. May yeah, not be absolutely. Same, may not be the same gender. You may be your character may be one gender, but you may wrestle in a company for a 
however you want to phrase it, different gender or wrestle in a division outside of your uh, personal gender. So gender and wrestling and 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 because of this thing, we've all and because of this history of wrestling and the sexism of wrestling and separating not giving women opportunities they had to form their own companies they had to mm-hmm. form their own styles even so women's wrestling even as like a, a style or jo- especially especially japanese with women's wrestling mm-hmm. joshi pro wrestle joshi just means girl that's a style of its own you have even you could say a wrestler who is male wrestles like a joshi or wrestles mm-hmm. in a joshi company is a joshi wrestler if a and the analogy that I was thinking about today <clears throat> is like basketball, right? We have the NBA and the WNBA. Let's say for whatever reason they start going down different paths as far as like rules and gameplay goes, right? And mm-hmm. they become like a little bit more distinct, as distinct as a WWF match is from like a Joshi match, right? If they ever became that distinct. And, you know, there are women basketball players good enough to play in the NBA. If they played in the NBA, their stats would be recorded with the NBA. And let's mm-hmm. say maybe the reverse happens. A man wants to play for the WNBA because they have different rules, different ways of playing just because it's developed a different style. And that happens. Was it that he would still be playing for the WNBA, but he wouldn't be a woman, but the, he would still be playing for a women's league and the stats we kept there. So I don't know if that's analogy is perfect, but that's, that's excellent. Of, actually, that's yeah, great. Nice. Yeah, I think that's kind of, <laughs> and that's kind of where we are in wrestling. And we have, you know, this explosion of different identities um, and genders and abolishing gender. That, that's great. Uh, but we have also like this kind of rigid system that the wrestlers have to go through. Like Max said, like this is a big opportunity for them. Yes. They're going to be wrestling on a lot of quote unquote women's shows for a lot of quote unquote women's titles and a lot of quote unquote women's uh divisions uh just because that is where their you know not even their character fits but maybe their i don't know brand but just that's the space that they're in as far there's as there's more the, opportunity there yeah oppor- that's know. where the opportunities are for them as a wrestler and that's not a statement on their uh personal identity that's i mean that really is that's the whole thing for me man like Max was front and center on that poster because Max wanted to be front and center on that poster. Um, There's a terrible, terrible habit that wrestling fans have, especially in the more progressively minded wrestling world, to just have these knee-jerk reactions without ever considering for a second, like, the wrestler's level of intelligence, right? And their their personhood and their decision-making. So, yeah, it, I, I found it really frustrating to see some of the... I don't want to say backlash because I feel like the for once on wrestling Twitter, something died down fairly quickly. Yes. But some of the takes were just like... Again, like, what, what do you think booking looks like? Do you think, like, someone follows Max around and puts a gun to their head and is like all right, choose these bookings accordingly. Like, no, there's agency here. Trust the wrestler to make the decision that is right for them. It's that fucking easy. Yes. Well, folks, if you want to call in, talk about any hot topics on wrestling, they talk about your way you think about gender 
in wrestling. How do we move forward from this? Because how? what does it mean if we abolish gender? Do we abolish Joshi Perez? I don't know. I don't know the answer. This. Nobody does. And I actually think one of the problems is that the people who are going to be dealing with this don't have any money or power, right? So they yeah. like, you can't really like change the whole economy of wrestling that's gendered the economy of wrestling is gendered and like these small indie companies can't aren't going to be able to do anything to change it on like on their own scale they can make some moves but like at the end of the day like if you want to make money (laughs) yeah if you want to make money it's pretty hard and you have to put out shows that like fit certain sort of uh, expectations and binaries. And at the end of the day, that's where we are. But folks, if you want to call in, talk about AEW, talk about wrestling, talk about anything you want, please feel free to do so. Absolutely anything you want to talk about. Lachlan, you didn't get to watch AEW tonight, but who are you loving AEW in general? (laughs) Dude, I have checked out of television wrestling so hard this year so hard that i'm gonna be honest like every single week i'm just like oh shit that guy's still around um (laughs) you know i you know i was like at fucking work when cm punk came back which would have i would have found very exciting because as a late wrestling bloomer watching his stuff is pretty formative to forming a lot of my opinions um on what good wrestling looks like and uh yeah, so I like miss I miss these huge moments. I get them secondhand on Twitter. So I have I have the I, I'm getting the vibe and I'm getting the knowledge, but I am I am so not qualified to speak on that by this point. So you haven't even called got into Hook Mania? I'm guys? only into Hook Mania because my my Twitter simps say I look vaguely like Hook. Okay, <laughs> like that's why I'm into Hook Mania. The memes write themselves and. It's very affirming. I do not have his shoulders at all, but that's appreciated. <laughs> awesome. All right. So it looks like we have our first caller on the line. Hansi, how's it going? Thank you so much for calling in. Hey, man. What's going on, man? Nothing much. Doing good. Doing good. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. Yo, I just want to say that I enjoyed the conversation you guys had because, listen, I'm, I, I'm, I try to be as progressive as I can, right? But... I'm still, like, in the old, like, Western propaganda kind of way, still, like, undoing the brainwashing. So sometimes I need people to, like, kind of, like, decipher between the pronouns and all that. Like, I want to like I want to learn, but, like, I can't even memorize my own passwords, you know what I mean? So, like, it's hard for me to, like, grasp, like, <laughs> simple, you know what I mean? So I, I, I try to be as respectful as I can. I don't try to be as, like, just, so I'm just, I'm glad that you guys are having that conversation. So I want to thank you for that, first of all. That's cool. You know, like, wrestling is, I think wrestling is a huge gift. It was pretty formative to me figuring my own shit out and coming out because, you know, you've, you, you, you watch wrestling, right? If a wrestler was fired from WWE and shows up a couple weeks later on AEW with a different name and a different vibe, you, you have the imagination to be able to adapt to that immediately, Right. Um, and yeah, I feel like the wrestling world creates such a great playground, not just for people to figure their stuff out, but for other folks to be able to see that happen in a, in a space that's pretty fucking cool. I don't know what I'm getting at here, but I appreciate it. <laughs> no, uh, so you, so you, uh, Leslie, let me ask you, man, uh, uh, are you excited for uh, CM Punk versus MJF? 
You know what? I think the match itself is probably not going to be that interesting, but I'm interested in the finish. I'm interested in the story. Like, I I don't know if the match is going to be, I don't know if they're necessarily a stylistic match really in the ring, but I'm excited for the outcome. Well, well, the, the thing is, the thing is, like MGF because he he doesn't really wrestle as much, right? So people get kind of fooled that he's not like like he, like they don't expect that he's such a good promo that he might not be great in the ring as much, whatever. But like him and Darby Allen was like one of my favorite, like that was like it's like right up there with like my, my favorite opening match for a pay per view since like Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio Halloween Havoc '97. You know what I mean? So like I feel like MGF can go, but I'm, I'm just. I just I want this to be like a I want it to be built like a Piper Hogan type of deal where you have a couple of the big showdowns right so the so next week it's in Chicago then I can see Punk winning that one and then they kind of have MJF kind of want the rematch and the bigger match is probably where you have like the all out like you know athleticism or of what they can try to do at least in my opinion yeah I can see this I mean it has legs they should do more than one of these they should do more than one of these but that's why I think MGF might win the first one like he, he would screw over punk in Chicago he, I know AEW is going against screwing people over in their hometown but this is the one time maybe to play against type go and go that route yeah yeah you, you know what the, the, that could actually like you know because aw does a good job of like not getting like they always want the hometown guy to get the hometown stuff done right so like like they've done that so much that like when you have somebody like let's say mjf kind of like say beat punk in chicago like things like they won't like squander that like wwe would like wwe would just forget about it and going Oh yeah, he beat him in Chicago. It was one. It was great for one night. Like that could be like great bragging rights for MJF's character, and it would make it would make CM Punk CM Punk want a rematch if like MJF does some 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 shadiness off to win the win the match. Absolutely. Well, Hansi, thank you so much for calling yes. in. Much no appreciated. Always so. great to talk to you. Nice, nice to meet your friend there too. So uh, take it easy. Thank you. Thank you. All right, anybody else want to call in, please feel free to do so. We've been mentioned, talking about cities a lot in wrestling. And as a promoter, <laughs> and promoter Lachlan, I, I, I feel like it's been under it's underappreciated that different cities make for different wrestling and different mm-hmm. wrestling companies. Yes, indeed. And, you know, if you're in, if you, in any wrestling, you can see how, you know, the same shit don't work everywhere. And this is a lost art in wrestling, sadly. The, the, this was, everybody knew this, you know, during the territory days, but when WB kind of turned it into a traveling circus, people forgot that, you know, certain cities like the wrestling this way, certain mm-hmm. cities like this wrestling that way. What, how does DC like its wrestling? Oh, DC is my, it's my fucking favorite wrestling crowd. Um, <laughs> So it, it sounds weird to say, but like, so there's a, there's a, a, well, let's say that a third of the room is established wrestling fans. So they're going to set the tone in terms of at least responding accordingly and setting the stage for how everyone is supposed to respond to these wrestlers coming out. Right. So like their reactions are laying the groundwork. They're setting at least they're, they're setting a literal culture for the room, you know, in terms of what 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 are the norms? Who do we like? Who do we not? Um, and since so many, so many people who are coming to my my shows in DC 
or folks who are very new to this, um, they don't, they, they don't have the, the context of knowing like the word kayfabe or Montreal screw job <laughs> or like any, anything like it, 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 it confuses people. It really confuses people. Um, do you uh, see uh, like, sorry, sorry Lockley, I just have to confirm you started res- watching wrestling three years ago. Three years, or yeah, three, four, four okay, years you ago. You just might be like, you're like a savant, or like, <laughs> like I, I, I'm sorry. You, you just seem to you know a hell of a lot for so what. Uh, I'm an you, events uh, person. I'm an entertainment person first and geez. foremost. You, That's I mean, it. you just, I, 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 you took it took you, you know, three years to learn. What took me thirty years is absolutely amazing. I'm so glad that you're someone like you is in wrestling. Like we really need like. People, that's that's incredibly kind of you to say. Um, I'm just a, I'm a fucking showman. Like I love, <laughs> I love the the like weird reality that you create in wrestling. I love how weird it is. I love how shady it can be. <laughs> um, when it's at its like good shady, right? But like, so many people who come to shows in DC. Again, it's it's there's people who know exactly what's going on. And then everybody else. There's not a lot of middle ground at all. And so, so many of the reactions that people have are incredibly genuine. Um, but DC specifically, they like characters. They really like characters. You can show them any style of wrestling and they're going to fucking love it as long as they can invest in the person who's there. Because again, so many people at least during the primetime pro days, um, Fight Club, this will be my first time in that room, um, but at least with the primetime pro days, with all the people who are very, very new to wrestling, um, they they need the characterization, you know? they If you show them, like, a 20-minute-long masterpiece of technical wrestling and they haven't bought into anybody's personality, they're not going to give a fuck, you know? You can show them the coolest thing, and it's like, if if they're not invested in the person who's doing it, they don't care. Um, but luckily, the, the East Coast is full of characters. Like, full of characters. And it's, yeah, it's it's great. It's such a great location for wrestling. I think, like, I don't, I don't think you made it to any of the primetime pro shows, but just knowing kind of your your broader view on a lot of entertainment and what is good and what is not I, you're you are in for a treat <laughs> i'm absolutely excited for february 20th at dc bra in Grapital we trust fight club pro presents in Grapital we trust tell us about this show <laughs> this is a black black blacky black show yo it is i'm um I'm, I feel very, very lucky to have been invited to play such a big role in this show. Um, Fight Club's fucking awesome. So to give a, a little bit of background, they popped up just the tiniest bit after Primetime Pro Wrestling. But, you know, to be like you said, it's a very black show, right? Primetime Pro was was run between me and another white guy who was also like a fucking lawyer, right? So there was just... There, there were a lot of barriers to entry in terms of running in D.C., but we were able to pull it off in like four months, you know, because um, we had a lot of people who who immediately trusted in us. And we were we were fucking lucky with a lot of the breaks that we got. Um, so I like Fight Club's mission and what they're pushing for and 
the concept that went into their first shows, I feel like is so underappreciated. Um, I, I feel very frustrated sometimes with the local press in DC because primetime pro, like we got, we got so much press coverage. It was such a great time. I'm so happy we got all that, but getting them to care about fight club is for whatever reason, a little bit more challenging. Mm. Um, so <laughs> like people who come to this show, the, the what's, what's coming on, on the 20th, there are so many layers to it because it's been two years since there was any pro wrestling in Washington, DC and the DC or in, in uh, DC brow specifically DC brow, which we, kind of from the start, like as a, as a scene, at least we're talking about is kind of wanting to make this unofficial arena, right? Like you go to fucking DC Brow to see the good wrestling. Um, and so there hasn't been any wrestling in that room in almost two years. The last show that happened there was March 7th, which was, I think like it was a week before everything shut down and we would have been canceled. So it was a wrestling show at the end of the world. Everyone's got these great memories. The DC area has been like beaten over the head with scandal after scandal in the indie wrestling world for like the past six years, um, which I've been in the eye of the storm of for a couple of, and it's been fucking terrible. So we're like, we're, we're all returning to this space after thinking that DC wrestling was not dead because fight club was going to keep going. Right. But that DC wrestling had taken such a beating that it was going to be a long time since we were back in that room again. So DC brow, the show on the 20th is for me, at least personally, it's finally, finally, finally closing permanently and locking up that primetime pro chapter and launching the fight club era in dc because the booking at that company like they are open to so many insane ideas whether it's incredibly serious or really ridiculous like they want to they want to entertain like the rest of us but they're also like hiring incredible fucking talent you know like you look at that poster for the 20th um yeah who are you excited for? <laughs> Man, Trish Adora. Trish yeah. Adora. Have you seen her live? No, no. Oh, I, my God. I'm very excited. Trish oh Adora and uh, Jordan Blade as well. Yes. Oh, shit. Oh, I'm so happy. Man, I'm so excited, for, like, on your behalf. Um, oh, yeah. I was, so Jordan Blade made her comeback when she saved Eel O'Neal during a run-in at one of the very first primetime pro shows. And this was about a year after she'd broken her ankle. And that was a long, long absence, right? So that run-in was such a powerful moment. People were like, I was crying. Oh, god! <laughs> Wrestlers were crying. Oh, Everyone gosh. was crying. Yeah. It was like beautiful. It was beautiful, right? The DC wrestling crowd is emo as fuck. Everyone loves crying. They love, love, love. I love to see a crying crowd in wrestling. I, I mean, that's why I love Joshi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, it's 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 a crowd who's completely bought into the moment and understands the weight and how sentimental this is, right? Um, and I don't know why, but there's some magical ingredient. Like, for all the to for all the shit that we can talk about DC when we think of everything happening downtown and that just fucked up corner of the planet, it just it disappears 
it just it gives the city a completely different context for me. It's like it's like purifying. <laughs> yeah, um, this show looks absolutely phenomenal. Tons and tons of great talent on, and uh, it you don't I don't need to pitch it because it's sold out from what I understand. Yes, I think our pre-sale sold out, but we do have general admission tickets still available. Okay, um, and where can people find those? Fuck, man. I need to. <laughs> I'm so bad at this. I'm always just like, go to my personal Facebook page that you guys are all friends with. Um, fight... So Fight Club, the, the Twitter handle that they use is not Fight Club, but Fight Club's usually spelled with a one. Let me spell, like, literally spell it out for you. Let's see. Okay, so if you want to follow everything coming up with Ingrapital We Trust, you would follow P-A-W-D underscore W-C. And that is going to get you to Fight Club and check it out. There's a lot of creatives in this company who have been making a lot of promo videos. There's a There are some old feuds that are getting settled. There's so much storyline to catch up on. Um, but there's the social media team does a really excellent job at at making sure all that content gets shared. And further down the line, tell me about Pro Wrestling Vibe. Dude, I'm devastated. I will actually not be there. Um, oh. I know my my shoot job, unfortunately or fortunately, I, I, I'm lucky to have a job I actually enjoy going to um, beckons. But Pride and Vibe, so so. Vibe was born out of a show that Billy Dixon booked with me for Primetime Pro. It was the very, very last, last hurrah for Primetime Pro, that March 7th show, 2020. Um, and since we loved political puns at, at uh, Primetime Pro, the show was called Butch versus Gore. Ha ha ha. Um, took everybody a minute to get it, but what are you going to do? And so Vibe is just sort of the next iteration of Butch versus Gore in terms of being a entirely queer-centric show. Um, man, I always think like, oh, unapologetically. I fucking hate the term unapologetic. It's, it's awful. But it is gay, 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 gay. And <laughs> our first big festival is coming up. Let me make sure I get everybody to write info. There you go. Yep, just on Twitter, PW Vibe. So Pride and Vibe Festival is going to be June 17th and 18th, right across the water in New Jersey. Where specifically in New Jersey, you may ask? Ridgefield Park, New Jersey. Awesome, awesome. No commission there. (laughs) (laughs) You know, in Japan... The wrestlers uh, sell the tickets and they get a commission on it. So, like, if you're, if like, let's say I'm a fan of, I don't know, New Japan doesn't do this, but like in Stardom, right? If I'm a fan of Shuri, I will like DM Shuri and get my tickets from her, and that way she gets a cut of the tickets. And I was thinking, like, the indie shows in America should do that. People, all the because re- all the indie promoters are always complaining about the wrestlers not promoting the shows and not selling tickets and the wrestlers are like why we don't make any money get them involved get them into it indie wrestling is such a fucking money drain man 
um, there's got to be a better way than what we've got going yes. on right now. <laughs> like there has to be a better way. Um, but like, I don't think we ever turned a profit in two years of shows ever. Like there was, we barely, barely kept cruising. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm booking for a, an undisclosed event coming up later in the spring and in talking to wrestlers and getting their fees, I'm like, I'm like, I'm not shocked because I know that wrestlers are undervalued, but I am shocked just because it's, it's fucking frustrating, you know, right? Because yeah. I expect to see incredibly high numbers for some of this talent because I'm only bringing in really good fucking people, right? And, and I get hit with some of these numbers and I'm like, shit. Yes. <laughs> shit. Ah, uh, shit. Lots of, lots of energy around wrestling, not, sadly not a lot of money I'll, I'll just say for the record my rant this is all vincent K- kennedy mcmahon's fault he sent millions of wrestling fans away from the industry forever mm-hmm. uh, once he took it over and there's just like unless we maybe if we can get a third billionaire in the mix <laughs> uh, we can get something going but it's hard it's pretty hard it's pretty hard you're right yeah. you're right there is a there's a there is I do think there is a pretty, maybe I want to take that back. I wanted to say that I think there is a very healthy indie scene. There's a passionate indie scene. Passionate, absolutely. Passionate. Creative, um, and we're lucky. Yeah. We're lucky in DC, like, you sell out shows in DC. So I, I don't want to say easily, because I work really hard to sell these shows out. But, like, people want to buy these fucking tickets. They want to be there. If you can't find an audience in DC, then you shouldn't be promoting it at all, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, there are cities where the wrestling is is incredible and it's flourishing and it's looking great. And there are cities where not so much, and then some in the middle. And you know, a lot of it has to do with commissions. Let's be real. But no, you're right. Fucking fucking WWE. Fucking Vince. Vincent. Vince. Fuck you, Vince. As always, on culture. Well, folks, unless we have any more callers, if you want to make a last-minute call, you can do so now. Otherwise, we'll go ahead and wrap up the show. Lachlan, where can people find you? Find me on Twitter at Bros of Trilly, which is spelled B-R-O-S. That's Bros, right? Yes, B-R-O-S-O-S. Yeah. T R A L E E. Um, and I talk I talk all my wrestling shit there. I never shut up about my events, so good way to keep up to date with DC based wrestling. All right, folks. That was culture. Have a good night. Thank you. Bye.